Hey, this is Scott. And Burke. From the Davis and Davis Show, the podcast for everything Ohio. Two guys who met at the University of Akron and have a love for Northern Ohio. We talk about everything from entertainment to motorsports to fine wine and spirits. Do you want to get a little insight on Northern Ohio from the perspective of two middle-aged men? Well, as we say, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit down, relax, and listen. New shows every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. Just go to www.redcircle.com slash Davis and Davis. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Prime Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Check out our Facebook page at Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. And we just don't care. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show. Welcome to the Burley Gunner Show on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com. And on Apple Podcasts, thanks for joining us today on a Thursday. The NFL is back tonight, and and finally we have ourselves a Thursday night showdown. We don't have, you know, the the Panthers, and with all due respect to the Panthers, we don't have the Panthers versus the Texans and, and all good stuff, good fun like that. But tonight we have a showdown in the NFC West. Haven't had a game like this, uh, of this magnitude, since the Bucks played the Cowboys Back on Banner Night in Week One, tonight we have the Los Angeles Rams going to play the twelfth man in Seattle. They're taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle's coming off a division win over the Niners, which is like really impressive because if if you think back to um, at the beginning of the season, I predicted on this podcast that the Niners were the best team in the NFC West. And the Seahawks were the worst team in the NFC West. And the Seahawks are just proven doubters wrong. They're 2-2. Two and two. And quite frankly, they blew a game to Tennessee at home. And if they don't blow that lead, they're 3-1. and one. Seattle's coming off a division win over those Niners, like I mentioned. The Rams, however, lost Sunday in a division rivalry game as well to Arizona. And it wasn't pretty. So... So there we go. We have Arizona. I said dark horse at the beginning of the season. My preseason standings for this division, the NFC West, were 49ers 1, Cardinals a dark horse at 2, the Rams at number 3, and the Seahawks at number 4. So it doesn't surprise me that the Cardinals beat up on the the Rams last Sunday. But here's the thing. As you know, preseason, I had the Niners and the Cardinals, my front runners in the division. Now, I didn't necessarily predict 4 and 0 for the Cards, but I did say Cardinals would be dark horse of this division and they have, you know, they have us questioning right now who the best team in all of football is through 4 weeks. Now, that is that's completely shocking. I didn't think that was going to be the case. Um, If you go back to the preseason shows, I said, yeah, Arizona could be good. Not one time did I talk about them being the best team uh, in in the National Football League. But they are the final undefeated team, the only team that sits at 4-0. And they've had some great wins, man. They have had some great wins. They had a week one victory on the road 
against the Titans, who are supposed to be one of the best teams in the AFC. They handled them 38-13. to They beat the Vikings on by one point in a thriller where Kyler Murray had to be a wizard in that game. Absolutely spectacular. 400 yards he threw that day. Three tutties. They had to come from behind a few times. They were losing to the Jags, but unlike the Tennessee Titans in in week one, in week four with the Jets, well, the Cardinals didn't fold. They came back and they beat the Jags thirty one to nineteen, and then last week they put a beating on the Rams thirty seven to twenty. They beat the Rams thirty seven to twenty. Okay, like I I don't I don't know what else to say. And Kyler Murray on Sunday. He didn't light up the charts either. He didn't light up the stat sheet by any means. He was 24 for 32, 268 yards with two touchdowns. It's nothing It's nothing crazy. It's nothing. Uh, he actually threw two interceptions in the game as well. So the way I see it is the Niners and the Cardinals are still my top two in this division. I am not ready to swap the Rams with the Niners, even though I probably should be. I probably should be considering that, putting the Rams in ahead of the Niners. I mean, record-wise, it stands true, but only by one game. The Rams did beat the Bucks. They lost to the Cards. They beat the Colts. They beat the Bears. I'm not ready to write off San Fran. I'm really not. Uh, I think they're a really good football team. I think they run the ball very well behind a very good offensive line, and I think their defense is is very good. You mix those two together, I mean, that that's a playoff football team. That is a team that's going to fight for their division. Um, But I think this game tonight means a lot more for Seattle than it does L.A. If L.A. is 3-2, and two, I think that would still keep them relevant, obviously with a winning record because... I mean, but man, like, I I still can't believe Seattle's 2-2, two and two, to be honest with you. How the hell did they beat San Francisco anyway? I still don't understand it. I don't get it. I watched the game. I understand that Jimmy G went down and Trey Lance took over and couldn't get the job done. But man, oh man, how do you lose the game to Seattle? I mean, if you think about it, Russ was sacked eight times going into this week. He's He's been sacked 11 times now. So San Francisco got their hands on Russ. They got him on the ground three times with a sack. Still couldn't come up with a victory. Trey Lance couldn't come back in, get the job done. I mean, it is what it is. I still have the Niners as, I don't have them as the the best team in football. I swapped them with the Cardinals, or the best team in that division, I should say. I swapped them with the Cardinals. Put the Cardinals number one, put the Cardinals ahead. But as far as, like, the division, it's shaping up to be, it's shaping up to be the toughest division in football again. And it's inevitable that the Cardinals are the best team in that division right now. But we'll see. Come Sunday when they go against San Francisco. We'll see if San Francisco can regain that that rollback. Because, I mean, if San Francisco goes in and rolls uh, the Cardinals, well, then this division is shaping up exactly the way that I sought it out to be. So, last week, Arizona beats L.A., Seattle beat San Francisco. 
This week I have L.A. beating Seattle tonight. And Sunday, actually, I'm going to take the Niners in an upset, uh, which really shouldn't be an upset. But I had the Niners as the best team preseason, and I think that they got to figure it out. They got to figure out their quarterback. Um, I think the Rams win tonight, 27-13. And I, I, you can give me the Niners in a closer game over the weekend against the Cardinals, but definitely uh, uh, probably one of the games of the week when you look at the schedule. Not too many games, to be honest with you, uh, popping out at me. And, you know, Jets, Falcons, yeah, man. Packers, Bengals, yeah. Lions, Vikings, yeah. Steelers, and Broncos. Yeah, I'm all right. The Bucks are going to roll. The Dolphins, I'm all right. Saints, Washington, I'm all right. Eagles, Panthers, I'm cool. Titans, Jags, whatever. You know, t- New England, Houston, sure. Why not? The uh, Bears versus the Raiders. That's probably the only fun one on the slate, but it's only fun to say. Giants, Cowboys, give me a break. Sunday Night Football, we got we got a really good one with the Chiefs and the Bills. We'll talk about that uh, tomorrow. But, again, this game is probably the marquee matchup of the weekend. It's at 425 Eastern, 125 Pacific. If you're in the middle, do the math. I mean, this this game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals is just going to be, I think, a hell of a game. We're still trying to figure out uh, the quarterback room over there in San Francisco, but we'll see. Arizona's coming out as a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and uh, they are 62% win favorites, according to ESPN. So, I mean, obviously the Cards are the favorites in this game. I think that the dark horse of the entire season when it comes to the NFC and especially the NFC West. But give me the Niners here in this game. This NFC battle is going to brew even stronger. And I think it's going to hold true. I think at the end of, uh, I think on Monday we're going to come in here talking, slow your roll on the Cardinals. The Niners are the best team. The Cardinals are a dark horse. And then here are the Rams who I didn't give enough credit to at the beginning of the season. It's not that I thought the Rams were going to be bad. It's that I didn't think that they were going to be as good as the Cardinals and the Niners. But who knows? We might have them flip-flopped here in the next coming weeks. Uh, So about last night, hmm, fun game in the National League wildcard with the Dodgers... A 3-1 winner over the St. Louis Cardinals. Max Scherzer had himself, um, you know, a, a decent game. It's it wasn't the it wasn't the greatest outing from Scherzer. Only four strikeouts. He walked three guys. Only did give up one run on three hits. Only was able to go four four and a third. Here's my thing. I'm gonna read you off um, a list of guys. And we're going to start trending. You're, you're going to notice a trend probably here after the first couple. The 2021 salary, base salary for these players as followed. <clears throat> All Dodgers players. David Price, $32 million. Max Scherzer, $27 million. Kenley Jansen, $20 million. Mookie Betts, $17.5 million, but that is subject to be about $30 million a year here after next season. Cody Bellinger, $16 million. AJ Pollock, $15 million. 
Corey Seager, $13 million. Joe Kelly, $8 million. $8.5 million. Justin Turner, $8 million. Chris Taylor, $7 million. Chris Taylor made the lowest amount of money around the diamond last night. The lowest amount besides catcher Will Smith. Yeah, Chris Taylor is the guy who is the reason that the Los Angeles Dodgers are even playing baseball tomorrow. Mookie Betts, 2 for 4. Corey Seager, 0 for 3. Will Smith, 0 for 3. Pollock, 0 for 3. Beatty, 0 for 3. Bellinger, 1 for 2. I, I mean... You have, we are talking about the highest payroll in baseball. We are talking about a team that went out at the trade deadline and added a Cy Young candidate and they added one of the best shortstops in the game, Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. Yet, In the ninth inning, with your backs against the wall, you find yourselves in a tie ball game with the St. Louis Cardinals, who in fact have the 14th highest payroll in Major League Baseball. You take Justin Turner and Chris Taylor, the two guys who combined for less than what Mookie Betts makes. Chris Taylor's the reason that you are in the NLDS against the San Francisco Giants. You had the highest payroll in baseball. You struggled to beat the Cardinals in the wild card game, yet you did get it done. Congratulations. Unlike the New York Yankees with the second best payroll in baseball, second highest, I should say. I don't know if it's the best. You're talking about a team who is going to owe Justin Turner some money. He's gonna, they're going to owe Max Muncy some money. And now it looks like you're going to owe Chris Taylor some money. You're still, paying, still pay, you're still paying David Price $30 million. Who in the hell ever thought that was going to be a good idea? Man. I got the Dodgers beating the Giants here in the NLDS, but man, oh man, what a story for baseball it would be if the highest uh, payroll in baseball went down in the uh, first series round of the postseason. The postseason is back today, by the way, and it's it's going to be electric. It's going to be hot, heating up. Let's break it down, shall we? Let's start. With the American League Division Series matchups, we have the Rays and the Red Sox. The Rays will take home field advantage in that five-game series. And the White Sox travel to Houston 
That'll be a five-game series as well with Houston being uh, having home field advantage. Let's start with Boston and the Rays. I think it's a miracle that Boston even got into the postseason. I think that they got lucky down the stretch. We went over, you know, the way that they finished. It wasn't very good. But the other night, they did beat up on the Yankees pretty good, uh, 6-2. to two. Bogarts homered, Schwarber homered. You know, the, the pitching didn't look, the pitching looked really, really good. Ivaldi pitched really, really well. Ivaldi's not going out on the mound tonight for, uh, for Boston. It's Erod. Eduardo Rodriguez going up against McClanahan. So when you, when you break down these two teams and you look at it, Erod, he's pitched against the Rays. Obviously, uh, in the division, he's pitched against them you know, four times this season, all right? The last time he pitched against uh, the Rays, the Boston Red Sox lost 12-7. to Erod gave up six runs. He gave up eight hits on three and two-thirds. He only struck out three, didn't walk anybody. The, the game right before that was literally five days before he shut the Rays out. He threw six innings. He only gave up four hits, no runs, only one walk. He struck out six. Doesn't make sense. The game before that, they lose eight to four. The game before that, uh, this was the first time that he faced them in the season. Boston wins nine to five. He gave up three on seven hits. So it seems like the Rays have no issues going up against this guy. In Erod, okay, and I'm taking the Rays to win this game tonight, and I'm I'm taking the Rays to win the series against Boston. It might even be a sweep. Might be a sweep. If you turn the ball, if you look at, at McClanahan, man, Boston, not very good against McClanahan. Lifetime, not not the worst, you know, but but not great. Out of the lineup tonight, only one guy's went yard. And that's Hunter Renfro. That's the only guy that that's went yard on McClanahan is Hunter Renfro. He's three for eight. Kyle Schwarber, a 60% strikeout rate. Christian Vasquez, 50% strikeout rate. Bobby Dahlbeck, almost a 30% strikeout rate. All right? The best hitter for the Red Sox would be Rafael Devers, and he is three for eight, only one strikeout. So that is positivity for the Boston Red Sox tonight. But man, the Rays, man, they they, they dominate Erod. Okay, Brandon Lyle's got three home runs on the guy. He's got four hits on 13 at bats. Three of them went over the wall. He struck out seven times, though. I don't know that this is going to be a, a very high-scoring game. It should be the way that it's shaping up. But you can give me the Rays, maybe a 5-2 ball game, 5-1 ball game, something like that. I don't think it's close. I think the closer game is going to be between the Astros and the White Sox. You're looking at a Chicago White Sox team who completely dominated the American League Central, and I believe that they are the best team in the American League, top to bottom. They've got the starting rotation, they've got the bullpen, and they've got the lineup. They've got contact. They've got guys who can hit for power. They've got right-handed power. They have left-handed power. They have speed. Guys can steal. Guys can play the outfield. They are 
all around overall the best team in baseball. And I know that's not a very popular you know, take here in the city of Cleveland, but you're just going to have to wake up, smell the roses, and, and realize that this team does not... I mean, when you look at the trade deadline, their their biggest their biggest flaw in their eyes was their bullpen, and they have the best closer in the game, Liam Hendricks. So, you... that My, my personal opinion. I think Liam Hendricks is the best closer in baseball as of this season. When you put a team at the trade deadline, what and they are World Series contenders. I remember this with the Indians. The Indians a few years ago, it was the they needed a right-handed bat. They needed a right-handed power hitter. They went out and got Fran Mill Reyes. It was a little too late. The White Sox, they don't they don't need anything. They have starting pitching. They have a bullpen. And it's even it's deeper now that the postseason started and they're not going to have a five-man rotation. Someone's going to get bumped to the bullpen. Imagine Dallas Keuchel coming out of the bullpen. No thanks. I'm good. I'm all right. This team has, like I said, right-handed power hitters. They have left-handed power hitters. Grandall, Sheets. They make contact. Everyone in the lineup is a walking bomb at any given time. This team is deadly. They may sweep Houston. Give me the the win here in game one. If they drop a game, I, I believe it would be game one. And if they drop game one, they take the next three and finish it off in Chicago on the south side of Chicago. But I think they're going to win game one and possibly sweep uh, Houston, which is you know a damn shame for one-fourth of the four Chubs who has ticket to, I believe, game four of this playoff series on the south side of Chicago, which would be a damn shame if it was a sweep. I don't think he'd be too upset if it was a sweep, but upset that he didn't get to go to the game. Chi-Town over in the Windy City. Yeah, Chicago, Houston's not – they don't have the bullpen – they don't have the starting pitching like like the White Sox do. They don't have the hitters like Chicago does. I, I you give me Chicago. This is absolutely uh, a no brainer. The White Sox win this series, and I think they win the game tonight. Actually, today, the Brewers are going to beat the Braves in Game One. And the Brewers are going to beat the Braves in the series. It might be a sweep, maybe 3-1 to one victory for the Brewers. The Braves, I don't think the pitching is going to be able to hold up. The Braves have um, one of the worst bullpens, if not the worst bullpen, out of all of the teams that made it into the postseason. They, were, they lost Ronald Acuna at the beginning of the year. I think it's a miracle that they're even in this spot. Um, if, if they weren't in the dreaded NL East with the fraudulent Mets and the fraud Phillies, you know, I don't know that we're sitting here talking this highly of the Braves. I know they struck fire there at the end of the season, kind of cooled down the last couple of weeks. But man, you're looking at a Braves team that is going to send out tomorrow, or excuse me, a Brewers team who is going to send out Corbin Burns, who is an NL Cy Young candidate. The guy is just electric all season long. There, I mean, there's really 
there's really no flaws uh, in this guy's season whatsoever. He absolutely lit it up all year long. The guy was 11 and 5, an ERA of 243, had 234 strikeouts. I mean, Charlie Morton's going for the for the Braves, and I love Charlie Morton. I love I, I love me some Charlie Morton. You know that. I think the guy is a really good class act, a, a really superstar pitcher in in the MLB. I think he's a really underrated guy, someone who flies under the radar. In the last time that he he went up against Milwaukee, he went six innings, only gave up three hits, only gave up two two runs. It was a home run shot. He struck out six. Morton goes really really well against the Braves, and Morton's their best pitcher. If they're going to get any game in this series, it's going to be game one. But I don't know if they can pull one out, the Braves, that is, with with the pitching matchup that they're going to face. Maybe. They do have the hitting lineup. They do have some really good hitters. They added guys at the break, so we'll see. But the way I see that that series is the, the Brewers should win that game with ease. I don't know that any of these games, other than this next one I talk about, goes to a Game 7. Um, the, the first three, I, like I said, they could be sweeps. They could be wrapped up in four games. I don't, or not, not a, a Game 7, a Game 5, excuse me. Still under the weather, by the way. Thanks for joining. Um, yeah, th- this could be a best of, this could be a best of five. This could go all five games, the Dodgers and the Giants. This is, at the beginning of the season, I wanted to see the Padres and the Dodgers in the NLCS. So come September, when the Padres were still hanging around, I thought that maybe the Dodgers would take the division. We would get the Giants in the in the Padres in the wild card. The Padres would pull one out in one game fashion, and then we would get Dodgers-Padres, which I think is ultimately the better NL West matchup, which would be, you know, superstars all over the diamond. Fernando Tatis Jr., Mookie Betts, you know, Manny Machado, you know, Cody Bellinger. I just, I see superstars all over the field and that would have excited me, but I will definitely take the Giants and the Dodgers. The Giants are a team, you know, like the Boston Red Sox who have made the postseason where nobody really even gave them a shot uh, preseason. They won 107 games, 107 ball games. I, this is a team that I didn't have making the playoffs. Not even the postseason. Didn't have them winning, you know, you know, 80 games. They won 107. They lost 55. And they finished. And they needed they needed all 107 of those games because they finished one game better than the Dodgers. And that's why the reason that the Giants didn't have to go in a one-game wild card. That's the reason that the Giants are going to host this series. That's the reason the Giants are going to get the Dodgers at home in Game 1 and Game 2 and in Game 5 if it's necessary. But I'm going to go with the Dodgers in the series. The Giants, as, as, as much as they are a great story, as much as they were a hell of a ball club this year, the best team in the regular season at 107 wins, 55 losses. The next best team in baseball just so happens to be right on their coattail with 106 and 56 record. That's one game worse. But because of that one game that ended up being a Giants victory the last time that they faced the Giants beat the Dodgers, this game's going to be in San Francisco tomorrow. And we're going to go over uh, these NL West games or these NL playoff games again tomorrow in depth. 
I can't pick a winner right now. I think the Dodgers, I'm not sure how it's going to end up. I think this is going to go five games, and I think the Dodgers are going to outlast the Giants in the playoff series unlike they did in the regular season because, like I said, the Giants are built for the postseason. Right? They have showed us that this year. But the Dodgers... The Dodgers were assembled to win a World Series. You do not have the highest payroll in baseball and not call yourself a World Series contender. You do not bring in, after going to the World Series, after winning a, not winning, after going to a World Series twice, Twice, you go to the World Series and then you add Mookie Betts. A few laters at the trade deadline, you get one of the best pitchers in baseball, Max Scherzer, and one of the best shortstops in the game, Trey Turner. You don't do that in losing the NLDS. You just don't. Okay. You saw the Yankees blow it. To the Boston Red Sox, bought. we talked about this. New York has the highest payroll in baseball. They're done. And if if I have to come on here in a week and talk about this again, I will. I will absolutely rip the Dodgers. Because I'm sorry. I'm sorry, LA. There's no excuses here. I don't want to hear, well, we faced the Giants. They won 107 games. I don't care. Those 107 games are over with. And it's the postseason. You have five games left. Three if you can't get a win. You already just used your ace. Good thing that you are the Dodgers and you've got like 12 of them. You cannot lose this series to the Giants. To your little brother. You are the big brother. It's time to act like it. It is time to take control over your division. I will have the Dodgers moving on in the NL and playing the Brewers. And then I would have the Dodgers outlasting the Brewers and going to the World Series. However, that could be another five-game set because of a great pitching duel. You can give me the Rays and the White Sox in the ALCS with the White Sox going to the World Series and beating the Dodgers. I still have the Sox. From Chicago, the South Side, winning the World Series. Their run starts here in a couple hours. Thanks for listening to the Burley Gunner Show on the Cleveland Sports Fan Network, clevelandsportsfan.com, and on Apple Podcast. I hope you enjoy the postseason and enjoy Thursday Night Football. I'm Burley Gunner, the Burley Gunner Show.